Resterney Radio presents Genesis, Volume 1 of Commentaries on the Pentateuch by Rusus John Resterney. Narrated by Jeremy Walker. Produced with permission by the Chalcedon Foundation. Chapter 11 Cain. Genesis 4 1 through 15. And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Genesis 4, 1-15 Our text begins with the statement that, quote, Adam knew Eve his wife, unquote, verse 1. This usage of knew to mean sexual intercourse is radically biblical and alien to modern thought. For mankind, sexual intercourse is, according to the Bible, a conscious and knowing act whether done with love or with evil intent. This usage is totally at odds with a modern view that sex is an uncontrollable urge that governs man and his activities. This view, while having deep roots in pagan thought and present over the centuries as an undercurrent, came into its own with a romantic movement. The biblical word stresses the cognitive element. Certainly, in the current plague of pornography among older men, and the occurrences of child molestation by elderly men, we must recognize the key part of the mind in sexuality. Sexuality is a physical act with a mental control, and that mental control can be good or evil. The physical urge is under a mental governance. The biblical use of the word new is thus not an accidental or casual one. Eve, quote, conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Unquote, verse 1. This is certainly a sad statement. Apparently Eve assumed that this son was God's promised redeemer who would crush the serpent's head. 
Genesis 3, 15. The second birth was of Abel, quote, a keeper of sheep, unquote, whereas Cain was a farmer, quote, a tiller of the ground, unquote, verse 2. Many other children were born to Adam and Eve. Genesis 5, 4 tells that sons and daughters were born to them. In verse 3 through 4, we are told that in time, both Cain and Abel brought offerings to the Lord. Calvin, in his commentary on Genesis, saw no problem in seeing these two offerings in terms of the sacrificial system of Exodus through Deuteronomy. Those who hold to an evolutionary view insist on seeing the Genesis account as a primitive form of sacrifice. But the same God is present in Adam's day as in Moses' time, and atonement has always meant the same thing. Abel sacrificed was an atonement. Cain offered a think offering, apparently feeling no need for atonement. Cain was outraged at his rejection. Verse 5. God confronted Cain, saying simply, quote, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? Unquote. In Stinger's translation, this phrase is rendered, quote, But if you do not do well, at the door sin will be a besieger, and it desires you, but you must gain dominion over it. Unquote. This sentence is again revealing, like verse 1, that Adam knew Eve, an act of conscious choice. Sin, however, besieges us and desires us. Its goal is dominion. Sin is personalized as an aspect of the tempter's active work and plan. Cain had not sought atonement and justification by sacrifice to God. He sought it rather by self-justification. He was angry with God for rejecting his offering. Unable to strike at God, Cain struck and killed Abel, his brother, verse 8. We must recognize that God's people are often the target of man's hatred for God. To murder, Cain now added a lie. To God's question, quote, Where is Abel thy brother? Unquote, Cain answered, quote, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Unquote, verse 9. God had not asked Cain to be his brother's keeper, but his brother's brother. Cain's answer has the arrogance of modern statists who see themselves as every man's keeper, not a brother. God now confronted Cain with his murder and his judgment. Because his brother's blood cries to God from the ground, Cain is doubly cursed in that the ground will now even further frustrate him. On top of that, whether wondering or settled, Cain will know himself to be a fugitive and a vagabond, verse 10 through 12. All guilty men have the sense of being fugitives. Their consciences accuse them, and their way of life becomes a continual hiding from themselves. In verse 13 through 14, Cain whines about his punishment. He feels no sorrow over his murder, nor for the grief of his parents, who have such great hopes for him. He is full of self-pity. There is no sorrow comparable to his sorrow. The world's first child became a revelation of the horror of man's fall. Sin and self-pity marked his being. Only his family, his parents, brothers, and sisters existed at the time, yet Cain feared vengeance from all sides. Verse 14 does not tell us that Cain would become a nomad, but rather that he would feel hunted. A bad conscience would give him no rest. God therefore banned the killing of Cain. 
At this time, all people living were sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. They were all family. The power of the death penalty does not belong to the family, so that none could legitimately have killed Cain. It was Cain's conscience that was killing him. We are not told what the mark of Cain was, so speculation is futile. Whatever it was, it was a sufficient deterrent. We are not told how long Cain lived. The genealogies omit this fact. We are simply left with the knowledge that he lived and died full of self-pity, feeling always hunted, and was the first builder, in time, of a city. The city was a walled area. God's assurance of protection was not enough for Cain, even as the atonement prescribed by God was bypassed by Cain. He began with self-justification and continued with self-pity. Because sin is so very much with us, Cain is also very much a modern and postmodern person.